Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking, wherever, whenever. And Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Well, welcome, Lauren, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us how you and your husband met and how long you've been together? Coming up to 16 years together, we met out at a nightclub, as you do when you're 18 years old, and we were just instantly really close with each other straight away. So when you met him, was he already in defence? What was his situation? Yeah, he was already in. So I grew up in a military town. I grew up in Richmond, so Raft Town, and he was posted to that base out there. So did that have any bearing on going forward with the relationship or were you trying to steer away from being with someone in the military? What was your take on it? To be honest, it didn't really give any weight for me, really. We were just really close straight away. So the fact that he was in the military wasn't a factor, really wasn't in a job that was away too much but he was away constantly as well so but not long stints and it just sort of worked for us I don't know we were just super lucky that it was just a natural normal thing for us from day dot but even though I grew up in it it didn't I didn't really understand it at that point either. I just grew up seeing uniforms around town and you know the raft planes flying over and I don't think I really cared, to be honest. I think I liked that we could have time apart and be together and time apart and be together and, yeah, it just worked. And so did you have any expectations defence life would be like? You mentioned that, you know, it was only seeing the uniforms and the, and the aircraft going yep. over. Like, what were you thinking it was going to be like going into the relationship? I had no idea, and especially not from a spouse side of things. Can you give us a brief rundown of your husband's time in the military? What was your first posting like? Because your reserves at the moment, can you talk us through what the postings were and, and how you went reserves? We were in Richmond for a, a really long time. That's been our longest posting um, to date. Then when we were pregnant with our first daughter, he changed to be a draftsman in the army. Uh, from there, we got posted out to Ramwick Barracks. So we moved out to that side of town. We were there for a couple of years, two years, I think. And then we moved to Ipswich in Queensland. That was probably our hardest move. We were pregnant with our second child when we moved up there. And yeah, we just, we had no family around or really close friends. Um, we created those friends, obviously, as you do as a military family, you create those connections quickly. But yeah, it was, that was our hardest posting. When we were up there, our oldest daughter turned five and we sort of thought, we'll get out now while she's getting into, about to get into school and set some roots in. And then he went reserves and we moved down to Melbourne. Then last year he deployed, he um, went as a full-time 
member, but as a reservist overseas and then got stuck over there for a little bit longer thanks to COVID. And now he's back in full time. So he's not even a reservist anymore. He's a full time, full time serving member again now. So yeah, that's, it's been, it's been a ride, but Queensland is definitely, or Ipswich was definitely our hardest posting when it came time to make that decision for your husband to transition from full-time to reserves like Mm. what process and what does that actually mean does it just mean that you go to reserves you're able to go and get another job in the community but you'll get called up to do reserve time how does it work so for harley he took some long service leave he was in over 10 years i think at that stage full-time so he had a lot of long service leave there he took that as a good break to really sort of separate himself from that full-time serving member and then he was going one night a week just to one of the barracks in Melbourne as a draftsman and was doing some work there with them one night a week just working through their team I think that that was probably for him to keep that connection to the job to drafting but also to the army as well I probably say that we weren't overly ready to discharge at that stage hence why we're back in but yeah, it was it was a process. We sort of jumped into it thinking it was the best thing for the girls. Hindsight's a thing. It definitely, when you've got the benefit of looking back, you sort of go, okay, maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't the right time to do that. But yeah, we we did it for the girls, and now we're back in for the girls. So. So how did you go with going from your husband being in full-time military and being in that world to your husband transitioning to reserves and still being in it, but only a little bit? Like, are you just sort of like, okay, you're not a spouse now. You'll have to fend for yourself. Like, how does it sort of work with from being in that community to only being in a toe in the door sort of thing? I've never really thought of it that way, but you're right. You know, you're sort of tethered a little bit to it for a long time and you've got to really commit you get moved around a lot and things like that so you are really tethered to it so it was definitely a couple of months I think for me to sort of have to disconnect from that myself and disconnect from what you sort of prepare yourself for I guess you sort of buckle in and get ready to go and was it necessarily something that you wanted to take yourself away from like you know as much as there are Mm. ups and downs to military life it also does provide you with those you know friendships that you can't replace and that community I think at the time I definitely thought we were ready to move away from it I think we were ready to set some roots in other directions in terms of you know getting our oldest into school and things like that so but then again hindsight now that we're looking back we probably weren't ready to pull out at that stage and yeah I I wouldn't say we regret it because we've been able to live in um, some beautiful suburbs and do some amazing things since leaving but yeah probably be in a completely different spot if we'd stayed in and so aside from you know the whole emotional thing where Mm. you know you have this identity as a spouse and now you know only a little bit um, connected to the fence. Um, you've yeah. also got the other side of you don't have that stable income and that security of defence. Like how yeah. did that go with coping with that being part of your world and having to factor that into life? Yeah, I think we were really lucky that Harley had his long service leave there because it meant that we were still getting that secure income for a little bit. Um, in the time that he was on long service leave, I got a great job which has set me up for some amazing things since then and he went and started to work for his brother away from 
the trade he'd learnt with the army once he finished his long service leave. So income wasn't a factor at that stage. It has become a factor now because of COVID. It's sort of something that it's purely the reason why he got back in. Also because I think he really missed it. But just that financial security, knowing that unless you do something really silly, you're not going to get let go and, you know, you can stay in and grow within the job and know that you are financially okay. And I think if we knew that COVID was coming, maybe we wouldn't have gotten out. But, you know, here we are and now we're going back in and just wanting that financial security that comes from working for the defence and also the little benefits of obviously being in a DHA house and things like that. It definitely helps you to then set yourself up for that next part. So how do you go from being in that world, being a defence spouse, being a defence family to Mm. transitioning to not being that anymore and coping with all that comes with that, the emotional side, the identity, you know, the benefits, the financial, but then how do you go with just all of a sudden having control back in your life like how how long does it take to actually accept that and and realize that that you know someone's not gonna ring you know at the 11th hour and say you're going away or like whatever the case like it's got to be something that you know you've got to get used to it it can't be just an overnight thing absolutely and considering when he got out it was 12 years of us going through that together so yeah it was definitely an adjustment um, it definitely took us some time to be honest while he was at reserves there started to be conversations of we might have a deployment for you so we were having those conversations almost as soon as he was in reserves maybe a couple of months buffer so we haven't really been out if I think about it logically we haven't really been out he was only out for so he had eight months of his long service leave and then he went to reserves and then six months later we were having conversations of being deployed so yeah so um, is the difference between full-time and reserves in the fact that he can say no to that deployment and you have that control yeah well I guess that with reserves they're there when the full-time role can't be fulfilled so we sort of knew that it could maybe be a factor but it was a maybe and not a this is actually a part of my job so yeah he could have turned it down but we all know that deployments are financially amazing and they set you up for some really amazing opportunities with that he enjoyed it he went to a lovely part of the world and got to see my best friend while he was over there so he loved his deployment we missed him obviously but yeah I would say we probably didn't really disconnect from full-time service if I really think about it and so how did you guys come to the decision to move from Queensland to Victoria so Harley's family are all from Victoria so they're all down here so yeah we just sat down and started to talk about where we want to go next we had been in Sydney most of our relationship apart from those years in Queensland and we just thought let's just go be with your family now spend some time with them let them connect with the girls a little bit more they hadn't really had that opportunity how does that work with reserves can they just pick up a move and then they just pick up reserve work wherever they are like how does that work I think we were really lucky that there was an engineers unit where we were I think that if that wasn't he wouldn't have been able to do reserves but we were lucky that there was an engineers unit near where we were so he could go do that nine out of ten defense spouses wish they found out about defense banks sooner 
Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So I guess you guys moved from Queensland to Victoria and then how do you come about the decision, you know, aside from COVID to go back into full-time defence? Like obviously for financial reasons, yes, you need to do that. But how do Mm -hmm. you bring your, you know, mindset around to, okay, well, we're going to be doing this full-time again as opposed to we're reserves and we've got this planned out for our future and and this Mm -hmm. is our plans and defence are not controlling that and or having any say on that and then Mm -hmm. they are suddenly. Yeah. (laughs) When, because Harley was deployed when COVID was at full, you know, stages. So we started to have conversations around what jobs were going for him in his trade and there just was nothing. So we just sort of sat down one day and said, well, do we wait and hope or do we just make a decision that's tough? And at, when we were making that decision, the first plan was that we would go MWDU. So the girls and I would stay where we are now um, and Harley would then go to his unit full time. But then we just sat down one day and just said that we knew that financially, yes, it was the best option, but also for Harley to really grow in his skills and things like that. They do that for you. You know, he can you know, promote, learn within his role and do all that that as well. So it played a factor for him in that way too. And I I think being deployed, I think he realised that he genuinely missed it. He missed the people and, you know, the community, exactly as you said, I think he realised that he missed that. It wasn't really a surprise to me that he wanted to re-enlist full-time. It suits him, and I'm sure you'd say the same about your husband. There's just something that suits them about it. I don't don't know how to explain it. To be honest, it's sort of, it's a relief for me. I think that it's definitely COVID. It's played a huge factor for us. Um, I think it's played a huge factor for everybody. But I just like that one of us is secure no matter what now. Like, I think that for me, that just, okay, we can breathe a little bit. It's okay. So how do you go from being reserved to going back? full-time like do you Mm -hmm. is it okay call up the boss and say I want to come back full-time like what's the process and how quick is it to be honest because when we made the decision Harley was deployed so I think that he asked if there was the full-time positions going and I think he was lucky that there was a spot available for full-time obviously had to do all the paperwork and all the all of that there he doesn't have to go through training or anything like that again he's got to obviously do his dental, his medicals and psych tests and things like that. So he's doing all of that at the moment. Obviously, he went and did that deployment, decided that he wanted to go back full time. Mm -hmm. And you guys were discussing doing MWDU. How did you come to the decision not to do MWDU and to move together? Oh, gosh, I cried for a week straight. I just, I would be on the phone to one of our customers and I'd get off the phone and I'd just sob. It was the biggest... Every other time that we've moved, 
I have been pregnant or my, on maternity leave or things like that. So to move, there's been no real consequence to me because I was taking that break anyway. This was the first time where I have been in a job that I could see some progression opportunities and things like that available. So it was really hard for me to make that decision. And where we are now is a beautiful town. It's so lovely where we are. So to have to pull out of that, I really had to sit down and weigh up what I needed to do, I think. But ultimately, all of my family are in Sydney. Some of my best friends are in Sydney, which is where we're off to now. And I actually had a chat to my oldest daughter. She's eight, so we can have proper conversations and, you know, I can ask her her opinion. And I asked, I said, if you had a choice, what would you choose? And without, like, hesitation, she went, I want to go to Sydney. She goes, I want to go back to Sydney. She was born there as well, you know, and I said, well... You know, just whatever we decide, just know that I've really thought about it and I haven't made it on a whim. And then I think I was messaging you saying, you know, MWDU, like we've never done it before. And yeah, I just, just one day I just said to Harley, I said, I actually think I really just don't want to be a part. I don't think I could handle it. I've done five years now without any family around, really, apart from when we're living with Harley's brother. And it's just very lonely and to not have, like, not be able to sit down with my, my pa or my aunts or my mum or my sisters, just have a cup of tea you know, just have a chat and just see them physically as well. Then again, to add it in with COVID locking down the borders, if we were stuck apart again, and I think that it was actually you that had pointed that out to me because I hadn't really thought about that before. But if we were stuck apart again, like if it would be just like he was deployed. And I just said, I just thought, I just don't have it in me now. Like I really don't have it in me. So yeah, now we're off again. So I feel good about it. Like I said, I cried for a week straight because it just felt so heavy. Like it was the heaviest decision that we've had to make in terms of military moves. Because of course, you know, it's you making that decision for the whole family. Exactly. Whereas you know, your husband's going, it's exciting for him. He's getting back in and it's got that yeah. stable income. He's going to a yeah. job that, you know, is going to be probably exciting because, you know, he's he's being challenged and, and all of that. Whereas you're making the decision to take the kids from their school, their friends, yeah. everything they know. And, you know, making the decision to leave your job. Exactly. Whereas he's just making that one decision to go. Exactly. And Harley and I do make decisions very well together. But he sort of said to me, this one's on you though and whatever you decide is fine he's like but you need to decide what you think is the best choice you know so and not that he was putting on any pressure it wasn't a this is on you like he wasn't you know pushy or anything about it he was just aware that I would be walking away from somewhere that there was potential progression and now that we've made the decision it's probably a little bit more apparent that that Progression wasn't there anyway, but that's okay. That is what it is. A lot of the time, defence spouses are in that position where, you know, whichever choice they make, it's not 100% the one that they want to make. Like, it's just yeah. which one can I make that's going to be better for us? It's not necessarily the, the one that's the decision that is the right one. It's just Absolutely. better. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And I think it was yourself and also one of my other friends who's an ex-military spouse now she just sort of said to me no matter what decision you make it's not going to be perfect so just because that was my problem I was looking for the perfect solution 
because of, of course now that means that I won't have a job when I get to Sydney. So, you know, there's our downfall. So and she just said to me, just stop looking for the perfect solution because it's just not going to be it. She's like, just choose whichever one feels right. Sydney feels really good since we've made the decision. It feels like five years of exhaustion and lack of support has just completely lifted off my shoulders. So I'm glad we made it. Did you make use of any of the spouse support, I guess, in the past or even are reservists able to access support? Like how does it work with reservists? Do you get access to the ADF health card? Like how does that work? So not the ADF health card. We did get it again when Harley deployed, but we actually didn't know about it until we were in Queensland. So whether that was on us for being given the information and thinking we were not eligible, because that's a lot of the thing as well. I think because we didn't join up together, maybe there was stuff that we missed in terms of what's available for military support for spouses and things like that. I think because he was already in and then I sort of signed up from there, as you do. I think maybe there was a lot that we had missed. We were also young. I don't, I, I don't know. We just didn't know about a lot of it. When we moved to Queensland, we found out about a lot of it through DCO. Went to the DCO catch-ups that they have up there and things like that. And that's where we found out about a, a lot of the things that are available for support. Mental health-wise, how do you look after your mental health, especially with, you know, obviously the ups and downs mm. of your husband being a full-time member, then going to reserves and the uncertainty yeah. that came with that. And now, you know, you're going through decision of MWDU and now about to move again. How, yeah. how do you look after your mental health? I let myself cry. I know that sounds really simple, but I in a really good cry sometimes you know you're just gonna let it out I'm lucky that Harley's really supportive and we've got a relationship where we can just tell each other anything and everything so I trust in that but I do go see a psychologist when I really need to meditation really helps me listening to good music you know that sort of brings up that mood for me just really trusting in the people that I need to mainly though if you need to go to a psychologist there's no shame in it and if you need to go to a psychologist for military related things the DCO ones understand so they can have those proper conversations with you around that you know I have gone to psychologists that don't understand military life and it's made that connection really hard for me so what have you learned along the way what would be you know one little tidbit or a mantra or Mm -hmm. like what would you say to a new spouse or someone that's just I guess starting the journey find somebody that gets it I think I think that the first probably six years I didn't really have any military spouse friends I mean I I had connections but not a friend go to those events even if they are not your type of people it's good to have somebody that understands and can say yep I, I know I know exactly what you mean you know I didn't have that so that would definitely be my advice to a new military spouse getting in just you don't need to immerse yourself in it you don't need to be a cheerleader for your military spouse all the time but you you know go to the events if they're offered and go to the DCO catch-ups if you're available to go to them because you will find somebody that understands and even if they don't become your friend to know that there is somebody that understands is just so beneficial and I I wish that 18 year old to 26 year old 24 year old Lauren knew that I wish that she knew that it was actually just as simple as having somebody go I understand a lot of us 
would probably say the yeah. same, same thing yeah. to ourselves. Like I wish yeah. it, I knew that it was as easy as just having someone that understands. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Lauren, and telling us all about your spouse experience from being full-time mm. to reserves to now nearly back to full-time and <laughs> about to post to another state, um, about to go from lockdown to hopefully a bit more freedom in New South Wales. But yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you gosh. so much for sharing your story. No worries. Thanks so much for having me back. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 